Welcome to Always Listening. We're your hosts. I'm Joel. I'm Jay. And we are always listening. Jay, uh, a quick piece of follow-up here before we get to the news, because we got a bunch of stuff to actually talk about this week. But I do want to – one piece of follow-up, because I've gotten a couple of notes personally about it, and I got even um, – I got a comment about it on something called Breaker, which I had never heard of before. Uh, and I still am not very clear exactly what Breaker is, but Breaker is some sort of podcasting app, I'm assuming. You can listen to podcasts there. Uh, we got a comment there, and they were talking about a weird ad insertion. So our host, the host that we use for the media host that we use for this podcast is Spreaker, and uh, I use it for several of my podcasts, as a matter of fact, and uh, they use dynamic ad insertion. There was a change in my terms of service <laughs> that I had overlooked. Why? Because I didn't read every email that I got. This is something that you need to do as a podcaster. Um, and because of that, they started implementing mid-roll uh, inserts even if you had previously unchecked that box. And so it, it, it's not that they're inserting them willy-nilly, I had been told, hey, you should go and mark an ad slot in the middle of the show. And from now on, I will do so. So it will come in a transition or something like that. I won't I won't let it happen willy-nilly. I apologize for anybody that got those in the past. However, I will say, interesting little uh, experiment here, Jay, because it this does not affect everybody, right? Like the, the nature of dynamic ad insertion means that some physical locations, some time places, some like if you download it right away or if you stream it later, all of those things affect whether or not you'll get the ad and whether or not you'll even notice that one was inserted sort of at random early on. And then, of course, if you didn't listen to the show until now, if you've not listened to our most recent episodes until, you know, this week or, or next week or something as we're uh, producing this show, um, you won't notice it at all because I've since gone back and corrected this. I've marked those ad slots, and so the da dynamic ad insertion won't be at random. Anyway, mea culpa. It was really on me. It's not the company's fault. Uh, I, I wasn't paying attention, and so that is corrected moving forward. Sorry about that. <laughs> Horrible producing skills. I got to teach you my well, well, it's just one of those things. Like I didn't, I wasn't paying attention to what was going on. And even though I was listening to my show, which is something I tell all my clients, I'm like, look, when the show goes up, you, you have to go and listen to that version of it because that's what everybody else is hearing. So it doesn't matter what you uploaded. It doesn't matter what you edited. It doesn't matter what you exported. It matters what they're downloading. So you need to go and download it too. And in my case, I was doing that. But because I was downloading it right away, because I, of where I was, whatever you know, whatever the reason, I wasn't getting the ads. <laughs> so I didn't know. Right. Yeah, that's the beauty of, uh, of dynamic ad insertion is the ability to target specific people, locations, etc. And yeah, you're not going to necessarily hear an ad every single time. But when you do hear an ad, then you're helping out that person's podcast. You, you just help that person make some money. Yeah, and and I mean again, as I've said in the past, if the if the ads are ever annoying, my friend, every podcast app I'm aware of has a skip button. You can hit that little thirty second skip forward, and and you're you're done with it. You know, it's it's very very easy system that we got going here. Jay, let's get to the news. This this doesn't have a skip button. <laughs> yeah. By the way, this, this is an old school iPod. You can't shake it, it or something. The, no, it only has a fast forward function, and it doesn't fast forward necessarily 30 seconds it so. doesn't uh it, it, that one doesn't even have siri and it doesn't you can't even talk to that can no you? No, <laughs> oh, no oh goodness 
What, what would you? No, and what? it's small enough to get lost too. That's the worst part. Uh, yeah, like earbuds, man. You can wash those in the in the washing machine. Um, let's get to the news first thing. Let's get this out of the way because I think the the major dust has already settled on this one, Jay. But a tremendous ripple <laughs> and a uh, I felt a a uh, a disturbance in the force. <laughs> like thousands of yeah. voices cried out at once, and then were silenced. Um, Apple's Apple scary emails. I, I said email in the notes here, but it was actually two. They sent out one email that said, if you have numbers in your titles, we're going to throw you out of our store. Don't you do it. And then almost immediately, because everybody and their mother panicked about that, uh, they sent out another one that effectively said, hey, we, look, we didn't mean that. It's best practices if you do what we say to do, but like, whatever. If you want your stupid numbers in your titles, that's fine too. We won't throw you out. Except that one was like obviously rushed. They there was like a typo or something. They missed a, a, the end of a sentence somewhere in there. But the point of the emails is what Jay it, best practices is now as it has been for a while. Most media hosts have an iTunes title field for every episode you put up, and if you have that option in your media host, you should put in a title for the episode that does not include the episode numbers. Right? That's what Apple's asking. So, yes. So Apple's been doing this for uh, a while now. And uh, I I really wish I could remember who posted this in one of the Facebook groups that we're in. I want to say it was Steve Stewart. I'm probably wrong. Uh, Steve, you get credit for it, uh, at least on this podcast. And whoever actually said it, I apologize for giving Steve the credit. But essentially, he said, uh, Apple sent out an email a couple years ago saying, hey, we've included a new tab for you to put in your episode numbers. This would be a best practice so you don't have to put them and, you know, muck up your title. Use the title space to actually market your show and make it something that people want to listen to and we'll take care of the numbering system for you so that people can still go back and find a specific episode number for you. Uh, That was something like two years ago. A podcaster said, Whatever, I'm going to continue doing my own thing. Thanks very much, Apple. Now Apple sends out the 800-pound gorilla. We've been talking about the 800-pound gorilla for a few weeks now. Says, oh, if you keep putting numbers in your title, we're going to (laughs) release you from our platform. And all of a sudden, like you said, 10,000 voices have screamed out in pain all at once. What? Whoa, hey, no, you can't take my podcast off of your platform. You're the only platform that exists. Um. I've been saying this for years. Now, I come from a genre where episode numbers aren't necessarily important because the content doesn't have as evergreen a life as other content does. I understand there are other genres, specifically business genres, that really enjoy having that episode number in because it's easier to market to their audience. Hey, I talked about this specific um, content best practices in episode 113 go go back to episode 113 and you're going to hear me talk about this this specific thing that we're talking about so i get it i understand it uh from both sides but again it just leads back to apple is the 800 pound gorilla and they in a snap of a finger can change the industry on a whim well a couple of things about first of all a little tease this is what we in the radio industry call a tease next week jay uh two things i will have been back from podfest which we're going to talk about in a little while but also you, you guys 
Well, yeah, I know we're going to miss you too. Not just you. Uh, uh, who Danny Pena posted yesterday he wasn't going to be able to make it. Uh, I know a couple of Liz Covert's not going to be able to make it this year. I'm bummed. A bunch of my friends I'm going to miss out on. But I will be back from Podfest. You will have broken down the numbers. We're going to talk about the share of ear, which is going to come out live. That is happening tomorrow afternoon, two p.m. I think uh, East Coast time. But uh, you don't have to listen to it all if you're if you're sort of laity as it were in this industry if you're just a podcaster and you're like i don't look i don't have two hours to listen and i don't know i don't i won't know what he's saying when i listen to it we're going to break down a lot of the important parts for you but very specifically jay you're going to talk next week about what is the the number what is the number that that apple could just turn on what is the amount of money tree that they could grow in an in an afternoon and a weekend uh based on those numbers for share of year for the next year of podcasting so yeah apple is still that 800 pound gorilla but but this is not new news. If, Like I said in the first, Jay, if you check your email, folks, it is imperative. You have to know what email is in your RSS feed because that email is going to get bombarded a lot with important things. Some of it's going to be trash, right? People are going to scrape your email and they're going to send you proposals for nothing. People, PR companies are going to pitch you for you know their client to come on your show, et cetera, et cetera. But also your media host is going to tell you about a change in your dynamic ad insertion. Apple's going to tell you about a change coming up in their, you know, a platform that is going to affect you and you need to get with your media host on how best to, to, uh, adapt to that. But if you were doing that, this wouldn't be news to you this past week, and it wouldn't have been an emergency situation for you. Uh, Jay, it's like you said, you don't care about episode numbers, so you just got rid of them probably a long time ago if you ever used them at all. I never used them. There you go. Never used them at all. But even if you had, you would have ditched them because they didn't matter that much to your genre, and Apple said they're going to cause a problem. So you would have gotten rid of them. For me, I like episode numbers for a lot of reasons. But I went through for all of my clients. I do have a lot of business shows, a lot of a lot of clients that are entrepreneurs or businesses, brands. All of those shows I went through a year ago, and we changed all of their formatting so that the regular title tag has the episode number at the end so it's still there for mm -hmm. accessibility if you want it but it's not bother it's not cutting into the uh, space for the things that are interesting about your title and likewise we took it out always from the iTunes title tag so again if you just follow what comes in the emails you can be ahead of this game and and look you won't have to worry about Apple's 800 pound gorilla by the way I just want to highlight what you just said there and I think that's a very important best practice for every podcaster. Mm. Understand that the title of your podcast is your number one marketing spot for someone who has never listened to your podcast before. So maximize the amount of space that you have that is that is shown on Apple Podcasts wherever Apple Podcasts is seen on a phone, on a desktop, etc. Maximize that space to market your podcast and specifically that episode. So if it's a big name guest, put that put that guest's name front and center. Uh, for instance, I have a podcast coming up, not to promote my own show, but what the heck. Next fan up, I have Merrill Hodge, former Steeler running back. Big name guest, his name is going to be front and center in my title spot because that's the way I'm going to get as many earballs as possible. If I did have an episode number that I wanted to put in there, put it at the end because one, it won't be seen. Two, it's not going to mess up with what Apple is going through. I saw somebody else mention that they feel like this might have been done because of the Americans uh, with Disability Act and the, you know, for people that are blind that are listening to uh, Siri or uh, whatever listening device that they have. 
it just gets repetitive to hear episode 128, episode 128. Um, I think that's really minor. I don't think that necessarily has anything to do with any of it, but uh, it does make sense in the very least. Well, and and the I do think, though, not just for disabilities, right? We're all moving towards a more audio-centric future. We're controlling more and more of our computing with our voices, whether that be the Amazon boxes or the Google boxes or the the Apple devices. Uh, and, and even Microsoft's in this game a little bit, right? With the, what's there's Cortana or whatever. So you can imagine a future in which most of us start our podcasting when we listen to something with our voices and in that future, when she reads back to us, yeah, this is episode such and such. You, again, you don't want to be repetitive. You want to get right to the meat of the thing. Um, anyway, these are good practices. Even if Apple wasn't going to lock this down, it turns out they're not going to throw you out today for doing it, but that still makes, that doesn't make it any less of a good practice moving forward. And, uh, you've said this uh, earlier in this show. Rob Walsh said it the other day uh, on social media. I'll say it here officially. Who knows what Apple will do in six months or a year or whatever. Apple is a company that marches forward. And if they think that the future is audio first, for instance, then they will make it clean and a good presentation for the consumer, not necessarily the producer or the the uh, content creator. They'll make it a good presentation for the consumer on that end. So we'll have to adapt and move forward. Now, Jay, the rest of this news today primarily concerns how we might build ourselves, I don't know, an 800-pound reptile of some sort <laughs> to fight the 800-pound gorilla. I don't I'm a big King Kong Godzilla fan. What, where is, where is podcasting growing? That's, that's what I titled this episode, I think. And that's, mm. that's what we're going to talk about here. We've been talking about for several weeks now, Spotify and the moves that they've made. One question that I see a lot of producers, especially people who are reticent, like you were early on about Spotify, I hear people say, well, they're just, they're cannibalizing your audience, right? Like your audience is already listening to podcasts and then they're moving over to Spotify to listen to John Mayer. If you tell them that they can get you over there, okay, fine, but they can also get John Mayer over there. How much are they going to stay listening to you, et cetera, et cetera? You know, so like we're not growing listenership. You've got some numbers, some interesting articles here that say that's precisely what we're doing. We are growing listenership, in fact. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, that's definitely been something that I've been on with Spotify for quite some time about the fact that it did not appear that they were actually growing the listening audience. And I know for a fact, even though it has changed, that Rob Walsh gave a presentation uh, at one of the PodFests, maybe even been last year's PodFest, where he specifically said that. He said that the growth on Spotify has been very small in terms of vi in brand new listeners to the space. I'll be interested to see if there's any information on this in the share of ear tomorrow as well. I, I have to believe that there will be. Um, Chartable has done a wonderful, nice thing, and they basically have summarized last year's share of ear report. Uh, and you might have seen this uh, floating around, and they've titled it The Golden Age of Podcasting. One of the things that I highlighted was many of these listeners are new to podcasts. In other words, Spotify didn't steal listeners who are already listening to podcasts and Apple Podcasts. They created new listeners by exposing them to podcasts for the first time. That was one of the first times I actually had seen that phrase uh, actually written out in that way and explained in a, in a nice, beautiful chart. To further that, uh, the good folks over at Play 
have also noticed uh, in their downloads that there are definitely more listeners coming thanks to Spotify not being stolen off of other platforms. Uh, and I thought that was very interesting. And then literally today, uh, Voxnest, the company I used to work for, released in a blog post that they're seeing Spotify has actually already taken over Apple as the number one podcast destination in some foreign countries. South America probably, I mean, that's not a country, that's a whole continent, uh, is already uh, pretty much owned by Spotify in terms of being the number one destination where people are getting their podcasts. All of this to say, uh, our good friend James Cridlin, who writes the Pod News newsletter that you can get on a daily basis, he added to that uh, Voxnest uh, release that Spotify was launched in India on February 26th. Android has a 90% market share in that country. And that, I think, is something that we're seeing here when it comes to Spotify. We've talked about how Apple is the 800-pound gorilla, and we've always mentioned that Google could be that other 800-pound gorilla because of the fact that there are more Android phone users than there are Apple phone users. But we also know that most podcast listening is happening on a mobile device. If Android is the leader in the marketplace and people aren't listening to podcasts on Android, how do we make that how do we make that easier? It appears that Spotify is the answer unlike some of the other uh, components. I mean there are plenty of listen, we know there are plenty of different Android uh, apps out there to listen to podcasts. Uh, but for whatever reason, they've never gained traction. Spotify appears to be that answer. Well, and as we've talked about the past few weeks, Spotify now is bought into the podcasting space in a way that none of those apps, well, excuse me, none of, none of those apps have the monetization or the, the, the money backing that Spotify does. The big companies are not bought into podcasting in a way that Spotify is. Google doesn't care about us the same way that Spotify does currently. Apple doesn't even care about us the same way that Spotify does currently. Why? Because they haven't built their money tree yet. As soon as they plan it, Jay, I think they'll care very much more. But when you look around, I'm looking at this, by the way, I'm going to put this, the the Voxnest link in particular, even if you don't want to read a lot, you can look at this Voxnest link. It's just a color-coded map. Here's what I see is really, really interesting. I think a lot about uh, my clients particularly. I've got hobbyists that have a game show. I've got people who do podcasts about TV shows in America. I've got small businesses, brands, entrepreneurs that are podcasting either about their business and service specifically or about their industry generally to build their reputation. And maybe your first question, if you're in any of those categories or if you're a sports podcaster like you, Jay, maybe you say, well, look, what do I care what the number one podcasting app is in India or Italy or South America. My listeners are in Wisconsin and in Minneapolis and in, you know, uh, New Orleans and in Chicago and in LA. Okay, fine. But we have talked about, you and I've talked about this off the air. I've talked about it on the air so many times. Podcasting is this beautiful medium because it doesn't really matter the number of people listening. It matters who the individuals are that are listening, right? So you might reach an entrepreneur in Italy or South America or India that hears your content and says, this is it. And people in my country don't have this 
and they would go gangbusters for it. We could all benefit. There's a business here. Let me partner with this person and translate this content specifically into a local language so that other people who aren't gifted in English like I am or who aren't adventurous and will chase this stuff down can benefit from this content. I've heard those stories already. So have you. Uh, I literally was listening to somebody the other day. It was a history podcaster. I can't remember who, but they were uh, uh, approached by uh, an immigrant of some. Oh, no, it was it was like the history of Germ- uh, Germany. And they had done it in English. They were approached by an immigrant and they said, hey, I want to translate this into Arabic and do the whole series in Arabic because you've got this gigantic wave of immigrants that are coming to Germany and they can learn the history of this country that they're coming to and and engage in it in a way that will make them better citizens and and uh, you know more rapidly pro-German than they ever could have been in another way you know like what a intimate way to help them make the transition to citizenship Boom, what a great idea. And you know what? That's a business opportunity. That's a revenue stream for that guy. So don't shut out the idea that the world matters to you, no matter what your subject is. And the fact of the matter is that the rest of the world right now thinks of Spotify when they think of audio. It's just like we've talked, like my kids think of Spotify when they think of audio. They don't think of Apple. They don't. Well, and and I'll tell you, don't even think that your content isn't relevant to uh, to the foreign languages of other countries. We know that, one, English is the uh, number one language spoken around the world. We know that, unlike our country here in the United States, kids in other countries, they often learn English. They, it's like a requirement for them that to learn English as a second language. Uh, so there is a lot of English speaking going on in other countries that English isn't necessarily the number one spoken language. Your content will uh, – I'm an NFL podcaster. The NFL – it's in the NFL's best interest to grow globally, and they have made a push to grow globally. That will only help my podcast in the long run as I reach out and start hitting uh, a global audience as well. Uh, my number two listening destination right now might be Great Britain. The The NFL has made a big push to expand their game into – uh, into the United Kingdom. So I have, uh, it only makes sense that my number two audience is from the United Kingdom uh, and the USA obviously is number one. As the NFL continues to look to expand, they've got a great partnership in Mexico. I'm sure my Mexican listening is going to increase. They've got a they've got a push going on for China. I'm sure I'm going to find some Chinese listeners uh, on my in my listening apps uh, coming up. Spotify is only going to help me make all of that happen much quicker than perhaps it would have happened organically. Well, and again, they're pushing it. And that so far is something that we haven't had. We haven't had an Apple. We haven't had a Google. We haven't had an Amazon uh, pushing podcasting in a real way. Amazon's dipped their toe in through Audible, but it's all these originals. They're all behind the paywall. They're not pushing indie podcasting. Spotify is literally finding shows that are just in their catalog and going, hey, do you want to do you want to hear this? We would love for you to hear this. And why? We've talked about it. The financial incentive. They have an incentive to move people from music where they're paying royalties to podcasting where they're not. And we, as we suggested last week, they acquired a technology that helps them put ads in the middle of content. Uh, perhaps the money tree may not be enticing enough to Apple. But it could be very enticing to Spotify. And if Spotify grows to be number one over Apple and they plant the money tree, 
I mean, that, to me, that's that's just what it's going to come down to. I was reading an article earlier about there's independent podcasters that are experiencing burnout that just launched their podcast in 2017. Uh, hello, everybody. I've been podcasting since 2005. Uh, if you're experiencing burnout now because you are finding it a grind to release new content on a weekly basis and you've also managed to acquire sponsors for that content and the pressure you're feeling to put out new content is because of the sponsors that you've brought onto your show. That's a good thing. Don't get burnt out from that. Find other ways to create either shorter content or a different content that would allow you to take a break from doing a weekly type show. I've mentioned this to a number of different podcasters before who said that they wanted to do just a once a month podcast. And I've told them, you know, in between those larger shows, do 10 minutes worth of content just to keep your audience in touch. Plus the 800 pound gorilla Apple won't let those subscriptions expire uh, from your listening audience. You always want to give your audience a reason to continue listening. Don't ever give them a reason to stop listening to your show. Jay, on that note, let's talk about the Dave Jackson's visit to On Air Fest and some of his thoughts from that, because I, I think that ties in a lot. It's something that I'm seeing more and more from my clients, but it's interesting to see it sort of across the whole industry. So let's tell me a little bit about uh, what he said uh, from that trip. Yeah. This was a blog post in the Podcast Business Journal, and I'm I'm going to literally just quote it because uh, I think it's fantastic what he wrote. Because of the focus on stories, almost every podcast I heard about uses seasons. I also heard phrases about quote-unquote funding, such as, quote, I'm working on season three, but we're still waiting on funding. Speaking of funding, Jenna Weiss-Berman from Pineapple Street Media shared how she can make an entire season of a podcast using 5% of the budget for a TV pilot. According to my first Google search, you can make a 30-minute TV pilot for $2 million. If that's accurate, you're looking at $100,000 to create a season of episodes. When I looked at shows by Pineapple Street, I saw seasons with 6 to 12 episodes, which means they're charging between $8,300 and $16,000 per episode. Understand Pineapple Street Media and Jenna Weiss-Berman might only be one person, but they are multiple people. This, is, this comes down to you're talking about shows, and there's a lot of money in it for shows that have a team of podcasters working on it. We're going to talk a little bit and just a little bit about the New York Times and how many more people they've added to work on the daily and I don't remember if I made this joke on this podcast before, but uh, when I hear about the New York Times and their struggle to make a daily podcast, uh, I, I often say, oh, congratulations, New York Times. You've discovered what radio is. <laughs> it's, it's honestly, you know, to me, it's honestly not that difficult to create daily content because I grew up in the radio business. I went to school to learn all about radio and radio production and radio content development and all of that good stuff. And most radio teams, uh, especially in talk radio, you might have two or three producers and a host. So you have a team of four people that are putting out three to four hours worth of content on a daily basis. Uh, the New York Times now has a ginormous team. I think they're up to like eight or ten people that are working on that daily show, and they might even have more than that. And that doesn't include people that are employed specifically to work on the newspaper. I'm talking about people specifically employed to work on the daily alone. Um, one of their new hires uh, 
is from Gimlet. Lisa Chow uh, is now the senior editor on The Daily. She was also the host of the Startup Podcast. Do we think the acquisition of Gimlet to Spotify, does this signal anything? So a couple of things. You and I said from the very beginning that we didn't think it was likely that Alex would be there long term. I think the who knows what the terms of the deal are, right? But most of these deals generally say you've got a non-compete for X number of years. And as part of that, you have to continue to work with us as a consultant for, or you're expected to work with us as a consultant for all of your stock to vest, right? That's what, that's what they hold over your head. So you'll get the whole deal if you hang around and play nice and help us set things up. And then look, at the end of this deal, if you want to walk away, we, fine, we understand that. You're a big boy. You'll have a big pile of cash. <laughs> you can go do what you want to. But like, that's the way that these things work. And I think it's very likely that at the end of whatever the, the, those terms are, whether that's two years or 18 months or three years or you know five years, hell, it might, it might be like a five-year non-compete clause. In which case, over the course of the next five years, Spotify is going to work very hard to make him happy and build a, a team around him so that he'll want to stay and continue to be part of their audio um, you know, business in the future. But I do think that most of the creatives from, from Gimlet that are not locked down will seek other alternatives pretty quickly because the situation at Spotify is not clear. And it won't be, like you said, for about a year because Spotify is going to work about the, worry about the tech and the business first content and editorial second. And because of that, people like Lisa Chow, who are like who genuinely wants to uh, provide good storytelling and also build her own credibility, right? And her own uh, stature as a present as a presenter or host or a personality. None of those things are going to happen for the next six months at least at Spotify. So unless she's got a big pile of money and in, in stock <laughs> options, which apparently right. she doesn't, why would she stay? And that's going to be the case for all of these hosts. So your favorite Gimlet show is going to look very different in six months, nine months, whatever. I'm telling you, it's it's coming. Well, it's funny because they keep – Matt Lieber I've seen has come out and said, nothing's changed. It's, it's business as usual. We're moving forward. I know there's a lot of worry about the Reply All program. Uh, I, I've, seen, I've seen some writings about that. It's a very interesting time right now for for what's happening at Spotify, and I know that they just hired a new uh, head of creative, uh, a former executive at the Lifetime Network. Uh, so I think that's interesting, uh, and they're apparently looking for a sports lead. Um, I've applied a couple times. I haven't heard from them yet. I've taken to social media now. <laughs> hello, um, hello, Spotify. You can call me. Any I got a phone right here. It's not ringing yet. You can call me. Where where can they find you on Twitter? <laughs> at the at the real Pod Vader. It's a real easy spot. You I'll you can email me nextfanup at gmail.com. That's an easy way to email me. Um, you know, Facebook, Pod Vader, Facebook.com slash podvader. That's my personal Facebook. You could you can get me there. You could go to Facebook.com slash podvader page. That's my business page. Uh, where if you need help with, you know, podcasting solutions, I I provide solutions for podcasters. So, you know, I, I'm really easy to find. I, I don't make it difficult, I, I don't think. And and like I said, I've already applied, too. You, you have my resume and cover letter sort of detailing, you know, my work here in the podcasting space for over 
for over 15 years now. Not, not they're looking for someone who has got 12 plus. Uh, well, I've got the plus part of that 12. So, you know, anytime, feel free, reach out. I I know everybody else has been sending me the job too, which is which is nice of everybody. I really appreciate it. I really really do, guys. Uh, just know that every day my day starts with opening up my email, reading my Indeed uh, job openings. <laughs> so I'm well aware of of the jobs that are open in the podcasting space right now. Jay, let's uh, let's talk about while we're waiting on that email from from Spotify. Uh, let's talk about scripts. Uh, they're now the owners of Triton Digital. They own Stitcher, uh, Midroll. Uh, they've seen revenue growth. Uh, in let's see, quarter four, 2018, it was up 41% according to the new results from the company revenue for Stitcher specifically, which includes mid roll ad agency was up 64% to 16.7 million. And yet a couple of big names departed very recently to go to another ad agency, uh, across town, uh, Lex Friedman and former chief business development officer, uh, or excuse me, uh, Lex Friedman was their chief, uh, business development officer and Corey Kelsey, their former CRO both have gone to art 19, which is weird because we've been talking about the fact that art 19 has bled a tremendous amount of their shows recently. This is this all goes back to one of the themes that we've discussed numerous times in this podcast about following the money. To me, if you've increased your revenue by 41%, and specifically those two people who were involved with mid-roll increased the revenue 64%, why are you leaving? What what is the signal? What what are you what are you not seeing? What part of the story hasn't been told that's happening? And that's just a I'm not saying that there's anything going wrong with the mid-roll. I'm not saying that there's anything going wrong with scripts, but there's clearly been a falling out of two people who were very successful at their jobs and have now taken their knowledge and experience and leadership to another company that is looking for those types of people to help improve in that particular area. And it appears those two people will probably do a very similar job uh, at their new place of employment. Yeah. I'm just, I, when you look at all the money that's being thrown around in this space right now, and you look at the people and where they're moving to and how they're moving, just ask yourself those types of questions. What The, the biggest one, uh, I'm a big proponent of this, even when it comes to creating content, is why. Why is this happening? Why are you doing this? Why is that going on? And if you don't get an answer directly from the source, you're left to read between the lines. And to me, when I read between the lines, it doesn't make any sense. Well, and again, the, so they're leaving a company which literally just announced they're ascending in the podcasting world. We wondered what what the marriage between mid-roll and Stitcher and scripts and all of this sort of like rolling audio behemoth, what, what it would become. It's, it's done well, it looks like, at least on paper, it continues to grow. And yet, Art19, like I said, story after story after story, where they've lost big profile shows recently, moving to other hosting platforms and other ad-serving uh, companies, I, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I guess good on art 19 that they're, you know, we've been talking about you. We've got this, this, um, prime real estate as it were of podcasting knowledge and experience out there that is sitting unclaimed. Uh, 
surprised that some big company hasn't just seen like, oh, well, we could get him at a bargain and, and just literally just soak up a bunch of ideas and throw him away then again in a year or two if that's what they wanted to do. That's what companies <laughs> do all the time, right? But I mean, like you could do that. Here, at least, Art19 is doing that. They see a couple of people that are available. Clearly, there was a discomfort or unhappiness for whatever reason at Scripps. And, and hey, look, we need to make another play in podcasting. Lex is a guy who knows how to do this. Uh, you know, Corey uh, is someone who's uh, got a proven track record of making this happen. Let's bring them on board and see if we can't turn things around. So, you know, kudos to yeah. them, I guess. But it's surprising yeah, I, to me. It's a, it's a big hire for Art19. I think it'll only do them well. And it's a big loss for for scripts and mid rolls specifically um, to to find somebody to replace those two. Uh, I unfortunately am not that person. I don't have those types of relationships in the advertising space. I can learn them uh, if you want to call me. Uh, feel free. You've interviewed me before. Um, I guess it can go further than that interview. But hey. Uh, I am still available. Scripts, hello. <laughs> you same thing. Next fan up at gmail.com at the real pod Vader. Here's my phone. If you can read the phone number, feel free to call me. Jay, I want to talk quickly. I haven't really talked about this at all in the show. I'm kind of surprised that I haven't, but um, I- I'll give you my thoughts on the event specifically uh, next week after I get back. I am traveling tomorrow morning, as a matter of fact, to PodFest uh, 2019 in Orlando. It's going to be held at the Wyndham Orlando Resort. There's a link in the show notes. If you're in the Florida area, particularly if you're in Central Florida and you are in podcasting, you should follow that link grab yourself a ticket and come on and join us. It's a tremendous amount of info, a tremendous amount of networking you'll get to do in just a couple of days. The official events are the 7th, 8th, and 9th, uh, but there's some pre-events happening on the 6th. We're going to travel down again tomorrow morning. We'll be there late tomorrow evening, and then I think we're going to be leaving sometime on Saturday. But the the culmination of the thing is there's even fun stuff happening after the event. There's going to be a roast as there was last year. Last year we did uh, Dave Jackson uh, was was our roastee. This year they're going to be roasting John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire, uh, which will be very exciting. I love podcast conferences, and and Jay, you and I have been very lucky in the past few years to be working for companies or working in the industry, so that it, you know it's like clearly a business expense. You just write it off and go, and it doesn't really matter what the uh, expenses are. I understand for a lot of indie podcasters, you can't just take what amounts to a vacation for yourself to go to one of these cities. But what you should do is look for the opportunity. You plan ahead of time. PodFest in particular is in one location all the time. There's another one happens later in the year. Uh, It's happening in August right now, Podcast Movement. Uh, This year they happen to be in Orlando too, but it generally roams around the country. So it might be closer in your neck of the woods one given year. But even if it's not in your neck of the woods, think about hey, okay, we haven't had a family vacation in a while. We're planning one to Disney or we're planning one to this place or we're planning one to that place. Why don't we coincide? Dad or mom or both can do a little work at the conference. Kids can have a good time. You know, there's a way to make those things happen even if you're not in the industry specifically uh, and you're having to make it more of a vacation expense than a business expense. Um, I cannot recommend them enough. You'll grow tremendously as a podcaster. You'll cram a lot of information into one place, but also you'll make relationships, friendships. You know, you and I met at a podcast conference. You mentioned the other day you met Jonathan Oaks for the first time at New Media Expo. Those are relationships now. They're five, six years deep. So like those things matter. They've mattered to our business. They will matter in the future to our businesses. And the same thing can happen for you. So that's my first point is go check out that link and go to PodFest if you can. Um, 
secondarily, if you can't go to PodFest, uh, you can follow my other link that's right under that. Go to my website and get uh, some deals. I'm offering some specials for the rest of this week for PodFest to celebrate. You can take advantage of my uh, iPad podcasting course. 2.0 launch is coming on the 15th. You can get that for half price. You can get some intros and outros for your own podcast at cheap prices. Consultation with me too. If you said, if you've ever said, hey, I'd really like to get like 30 minutes of Joel's time dedicated to actually talk to him about my show and and my needs, you can do that uh, for cheap right now, as a matter of fact. So all of that is in the show notes. And again, put it on your calendar ahead of time. Look at the other, there's some others too. I've been wanting to go to PodCon in Seattle. It's up in the the Northwest. It's in Seattle, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That seems like a really fun conference. It's more, or a convention, I guess, really. It's more fan-focused, and it's got some training and education alongside of it. But all of those would be good opportunities to rub shoulders with podcasters that you look up to or respect, get advice from them, hear from them one-on-one about how they've done what they've done, uh, and again, get the motivation to, to just keep moving forward. You know, you talked about people that get burnout. One way that you avoid burnout is you build in these relationships. You get accountability, you get new ideas, you get fresh inspiration on an ongoing basis to keep moving in the medium. All right, Jay, let's wrap this up with our currently listening. Uh, What are you listening to this week? Yeah, I keep cheating. But again, (laughs) you know, uh, here's the thing. Back in the day when my job required me to listen to podcasts, I listened to over 7,500 podcasts in the last four years, which I think is a lot, but I've read people that have listened to a lot more than that, which I think is outstanding because I thought 7,500 was crazy on my part. But in any case, uh, now that I'm unemployed, uh, or better yet, when, when I am employed, it's delivering food to people, and it gives me a chance to listen to a lot of podcasts, and especially those that I haven't listened to in quite some time, because my job required me to listen to everybody else's podcast. Well, one of the shows that I was a guest on this particular show in a previous incarnation, uh, talking about uh, Time Suck with Dan Cummins. I love it. Uh, the best way to describe it is sort of, he does the research so that you don't have to. And, uh, you know, just to give you an idea of the topics, he does a lot of true crime lately, which I think is smart on his part. Uh, but I just recently listened to episodes involving Tupac and Biggie. Uh, so, uh, giving you a nice hour and 44 minutes on the background of those two rappers and to their deaths, uh, the Chernobyl disaster, uh, another hour and a half on uh, nuclear power and sort of the disaster that happened in Russia uh, back in 1986. And then uh, right now I'm listening to uh, an episode that he did uh, thanks to his patrons. Uh, they He got so many uh, reviews on Apple and so many patrons. Uh, he's done a bonus episode on Jack the Ripper, which I think is fantastic. So again, all sorts of different history type stuff. The episode that I'm most looking forward to, it's going to take me a little while to binge to get to it, though, uh, as he did it most recently. And these episodes actually were from April of last year. Uh, Again, the beauty of podcasting. You can listen when you want, how you want, whenever you want. Uh, I am really looking forward to his breakdown of the Illuminati. Uh, that's, <laughs> but that's sort of the craziness of time suck. It will, he will, he introduces people as, uh, as, uh, lizard snake people. Uh, that's sort of like his thing is the inside thing is his, his audience, his community that he's built. They've all sort of embraced this idea of, 
you know, Nimrod and snake people and, and that sort of thing. And I love it. It's, it's a fantastic listen and I, I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, it is a really good show. Actually, that is one that I've listened to myself uh, a few times, uh, not just because of your recommendation, but also because of your recommendation. Um, my recommendation this week, my currently listening, is a show by a friend. I mentioned her earlier. She's not going to be at Podfest, unfortunately. Liz Covart. Um, she does a tremendous show called Ben Franklin's World. You mentioned the quote earlier from. Dave Jackson about folks doing seasons and folks searching for funding. Liz is a great example. She was a historian. She had a job in history. She had an interest to do something more creative than what she was being able to do within the bounds of academia. And so she started this podcast. Now it is her full-time job through a university and institution. She's got a a grant effectively that provides for her full-time income through this institution to create this great content to draw more people into history and specifically into the story of Benjamin Franklin and and the early um, uh, American experience. So it's, it's a great show, period. The reason why I bring it up today is twofold. First of all, if you go back a few episodes, back to episode 210 and episode 211, speaking of leaving episode numbers in the title, Liz does, uh, <laughs> at least outside of iTunes. She does it right in, in the Apple podcast space. They don't show up in the title. Um, episode 210 and 211, though, uh, were about John Marshall. Considering John Marshall Part 1 and Considering John Marshall Part 2, they were part of the Doing History series. And I... Uh, thespian that I am played John Marshall actually in a couple of quotations oh. for her. Yeah, I did some voiceover for her in that episode. So you can go back and hear me there. You can also hear her original theme music or at least the theme music that she's had for several years now. There was nothing wrong with her intro that she had. Uh, it, it was quite good. But this morning, she made a post on uh, Facebook and I got excited about it. I was like, that is really cool. Let me... Uh, let me see what that's about. She said that she had been listening to a, a podcast and they had a um, an original theme song from Breakmaster Cylinder, uh, which if you are not aware, he's done several of the Gimlet shows. Breakmaster Cylinder did the theme music for Reply All, for instance. Uh, he's... Uh, generally electronic uh and uh it's it's very very um it's very very interesting anyway she said uh i wonder why why my show doesn't have a custom theme song from breakmaster cylinder so she emailed him she found his contact info online and contacted him and said hey would you be interested in doing this and what would it take he was surprised an indie podcaster would reach out to him but he loved the idea of composing something historical and modern so they worked out a deal and today she debuted on the latest episode a brand new custom show theme from breakmaster cylinder moral of the story don't be afraid to ask and liz is absolutely right so if you go and load up episode 228 of uh, Ben Franklin's World. It's called Eric uh, Hinderaker, The Boston Massacre. The new theme song is there, and it is outstanding. It is both very historical, very Ben Franklin, very Liz Covart, and also very Breakmaster Cylinder. It's really, really cool, man. So kudos to her, hmm. and go check that show out if you're at all a history buff. History well, I'm buff definitely like going to go. Yeah. yeah, I'm definitely going to go listen to that intro, because I'm all, I always love mashups like that. Uh, but what's funny is that you just mentioned the moral of the story. Just ask not to give another plug for my business page, but facebook.com slash podvader page. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to do sort of a tip a day 
uh, probably won't do so much on the weekends. And but going into last weekend, uh, my my tip for for podcasters was just you know. Uh, there's a story inside us. Reach in and find that story. Follow your heart. Uh, you're, you're not going to be led astray because your mind won't let you. Uh, and ultimately, uh, if you don't know, just ask. <laughs> so that's that's been one of my uh, mantras I've lived by for a number of years. If I don't know, just ask. Uh, it, it doesn't hurt to ask. So uh, just ask people. I love it. Jay, where can they ask you? At the Real Pod Vader on Twitter, facebook.com slash pod Vader page. Uh, even better. And uh, I would give you my phone number, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm going to do that. Don't, don't do that. You can, I'm not going to make it that. Him. Not going to make it that easy. Uh, it, yeah. You can slide into them Spotify. DMs. Hello, <laughs> is it me you're looking for? I think it is. <laughs> you can follow me at the Rogues Life on Twitter. Everything else at propodcastingservices.com. You can find us always at alwayslisteningpod.com. Email us your questions, alwayslisteningpod at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts, including apparently Breaker, Jay. I don't know. I still don't know Breaker. what that is. I've never heard of Breaker. <laughs> I heard of another hosting site that was shutting down. And I had never heard of them before either. Pod, like, oh, podcast keeper, RIP. <laughs> never even knew you. Sorry. Sorry to miss you. Didn't know you. It's the truth. Oh, goodness. All right. We'll be back next week. Until then, we've been your hosts. I'm Joel. I'm Jay. And we are always listening. Always Listening is a proud member of the Two Guys and a Rogue Network. You can find all our reviews by searching Always Listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio. Also, you can find us anytime at alwayslisteningpod.com or email us at alwayslisteningpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Enough by Bethany Rayburn.
two guys and a rogue. I'm one guy. I'm the other. And this is The Network.